Hey everybody, welcome to this month's um, edition of Powell & Associates Broker Bites. Today we're going to dive into something that is on everybody's mind here lately, and it is the mortgage mayhem, mayhem that has been going on. So I have, I went straight to the professionals to um, talk with us about what's going on, their opinions, tips, to help get give all of us a better idea of what's going on, what to expect, and not to be so scared of everything. Um, a lot of the news doesn't share um, the specifics, and they tend to scare everybody. And there are still very easy ways to get a loan and buy a home, and that's what we're going to do today is kind of inform everybody and educate everybody so that they know the truth and not what all the news reporters are out there scaring you to death about. Welcome to Broker Bites. I'm Nancy Powell, realtor, broker, and CEO of Powell & Associates, located in the beautiful and historic heart of the CSRA, Augusta, Georgia. Broker Bites will merge my passions of community involvement, business, and real estate. And I'll combine real estate market updates, local news, hometown happenings, and the best scoops, as well as useful information for the buyer, seller, and investor in the CSRA. With me today, um, I'm going to start with Jeff Conzett. He's with Colony Bank. Um, Then I have Pamela Bean, and she's with Frontline Capital Mortgage. And then I have Cliff Jennings, who is with Movement Mortgage, and they are the best of the best. And, of course, I'm Nancy, so, you know, I'm the best <laughs> of the best, too. So, you know how that goes. But anyway, so we're going to just dive right in to this. And I wanted to wait until the Fed came out with the half percentage rise in the interest rate so um i want to come out i wanted to do this after that happened because that hasn't happened in like 40 years and so um and kind of start there with the impact of what that is i know that the interest rate or their rate has increased by half a percent but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to go into the mortgage rates right away Mm -hmm. it'll be a um what's that word they like to use about a year ago transitory um you know we were just in a transitory position that's been going on for two years but anyway (laughs) um (laughs) the new normal the new normal um so to hear that the feds have increased the interest rate by half a percent scares people they're like oh my gosh um, but that's not necessarily, in my opinion, and I'm not in your world, y'all know much more about all this than I do, but from a real estate aspect, in my opinion, this is not completely a bad thing because I actually think it's going to slow, not slow down the housing market um, to like a stop to where the bubble bust like it did in 2008 but it'll bring it back to a normal 
where you won't have 30 people bidding $100,000 over asking price. Um, so I'll let whoever wants to start talking about that first and their opinions of the interest, the rate hike, and what you think that's going to um, do to mortgage rates and things like that. So who wants to go first? I'll pipe in Ladies first. first. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you're right. The Fed's um, increase in the rate is not a direct impact on mortgage rates. The Treasury bond is what really drives the mortgage rates. Um, and when the yield um, the yield changes with the, the Treasury bond, when it goes down, then our rates go down. So inflation is a little bit more of a drive for the Treasury bonds than what the Feds do. Mm-hmm. Now, can it affect it? Yeah. So the Fed rate affects arms. It affects, it affects mm-hmm. the adjustable rate um, mortgages. But for the fixed rates, we, look, we follow more what the Treasury bond is doing. Okay. And that's a lot of information for the average person. Right. Yeah. But there's no reason to be so frightened right. because the Fed's um, – and there was a knee-jerk reaction. There was definitely a knee-jerk reaction the very next day. There was a, a spike in the rates. Mm-hmm. I don't know Just because everybody – deals with they yeah, react that, that based response. on emotions and well it's it was a little funny that that reaction happened the day the day they made the increase that actually we saw some positive movement yeah oh yeah we, yeah, yeah that was a good day. Great everybody a day. thought well it was anticipated they were going to do this 50 this 50 basis point mm-hmm. high. Right. the good news was they didn't do more mm-hmm. but then when we had that reaction the next day that right. was we were all like mm-hmm. yeah and, a little crazy. and it's that reaction that always makes people think that the fed exactly impacts the That's mortgage exactly rates right. And when in reality, it's a trickle effect. It affects, mm-hmm. like you said, the arms. It affects more of the, I call it the bank rates, the consumer loans, you know, the, the car loans and the personal line of credit and all that mm-hmm. sort of stuff, much more than it affects the mortgage industry. So, of course, yeah, there's that trickle effect. But I'm glad we're talking about that first because that's actually the, Hardest. probably the question I get asked mm-hmm. most is, well, hey, this increase and I saw that this happened. And I'm like, well, time out, time out, pump the brakes. It doesn't work that way. So why do they automatically, yeah. do y'all think, go to that just because it's they think it's all connected what you hear about yeah Yeah. it's all yeah because you know two or so years ago when all of a sudden the the rates went down to zero percent my phone started blowing up i want to get that zero percent rate i'm like time (laughs) out like the zero percent rate literally does not exist you know if the zero percent rate was a thing i mean then we wouldn't have jobs. Right. I mean, you know, the banks wouldn't have money because the banks have to nothing. make money. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It'd be an IOU. Um, but yeah, so so the good that we're talking about that first is the Fed rates don't exactly and immediately affect the the mortgage fixed rates. Yeah. So what we've seen since last Wednesday and that spike is the rates coming back down. So mm-hmm. what I priced good. today looked like they looked Thursday over a week ago. Yep. Right. Um, so, again, that's... Which is, what is today's 30-year <laughs> fixed rate? 30-year for a $200,000 loan, 780 credit score, um, putting 20% down was like right at 5.5. Yeah, that's about the yeah, same. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I Seems quoted one this morning. Yeah, I quoted one this morning, five and a half, no point. I think it was like 525 yeah. with a point or that's something. Right. Something like that. That's so. right. Um. So not, not terrible. Too terribly bad. I think we've gotten to. I think what what has happened is we've become so accustomed to the 
twos and the threes <laughs> that we're scared. I mean, that when it goes to a five, people start freaking out, especially the generation that the is the next yes. huge bang yes. class, which is millennials. They're like, oh, my gosh, the world is ending. It's gone to 5%. So my question I want to ask each one of you, and I'll start with Jeff, what was your first interest rate on your first home? Wow. I think I want to say it was about five and a half. So you're about where And that was on a 15-year mortgage, so that was I thought I was stealing money at that point. Mm. Pam? Seven and a half, putting 20% down, excellent credit. Mm-hmm. 1991, 92, I'm sorry, 92. Very first one, this is, I'm probably actually part of the housing crisis because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no joke, we, I, I, still looking back, I have no idea how my wife and I got a loan, but we had a 100% finance conventional loan. Nice. At a was that in 2008? Four, it was yeah. 2009. Okay. That <laughs> makes a lot of sense. So, but, uh, but yeah, 4.75, 100% finance conventional you just strong. have to breathe at that and I, point I, and i have no idea how that happened but i will say the we just moved a year and a half ago but prior to that we bought um and my rate was 5.65 right and my i thought first, that was great at the time my first rate 2001 same as pam seven and a half and i thought wow that's a great rate because my parents for years who are baby boomers you know 18 19 20 yep. percent Right. So they, you know, so then they look at me and like, man, you're getting a deal for seven and a half percent. So, um, so that, you know, that's kind of interesting. And, you know, I wanted to point that out to put things into perspective that, you know, while this generation of millennials think that the rates are so high, they really are not that high. Um, in the grand scheme of things, and actually, it's going to help them, especially if they're first-time home buyers, because with the rates going up, it's going to deplete all that rush and all that multiple people putting a bid on one house. You know, if somebody can afford the payments on a two hundred thousand dollar house at five and a half percent. A lot of those people, now that the interest rates have gone up, can't afford that. So it's going to knock them out. So then that's less that you have to compete with. So that's better odds for them to be able to get the house that they want. That's the way I look at it anyway. It's not all bad with it, you know, with it increasing some. And I also think, um, and I'll start with Jeff after I make the point that I'm going to make, is I actually think this is going to cause a market correction that we really need. Yeah. I think there's definitely something to that. So uh, I think recently, and everybody will agree, I, I think a lot of people started putting their houses on the market because the prices were so inflated. It's like, mm-hmm. hey, I'll put it out there for a make-me-move price. Mm-hmm. But we're gonna. I think this, the right environment is going to kind of chase some of those people out of the market because here they are, they owe whatever they owe on their house at 3.25%. And, yeah, they could make some extra money on their house, but then they're going to have to go overpay for the next one and pay five and a half on their Mm -hmm. interest rate. So I think it's going to chase some of those people out of the market, and it may correct what I think Cliff and I were talking about earlier is a bigger problem, and that's the inventory. Mm -hmm. There just aren't enough houses out there. So the 
competition for those houses is so fierce it's driving the cost up, mm-hmm. which especially for your first time home buyers, I think is a bigger problem. Mm-hmm. Um, so more affordable housing is needed. I would agree with that. If we can achieve that. If we can achieve that. Um, Pam, what are you what are your thoughts on I mean I agree with him, but I was gonna share a little good news. Uh-huh. So for April inventory um, even though it was 12% lower than March, it's still the smallest year-over-year year decline since the end of 2019. Wow. wow. So, glimmer of hope. Yeah, right. Right, that the inventory could be turned around. And I definitely think we need more in the hundred and fifty dollars to $250,000 range for sure. 100%, yeah. Yeah, because that's going to be the tougher client. Mm-hmm. Um, their income is going to tend to be lower so then we have to look at their debt to income and we need more homes that are in the affordable range. And, and like you and I talked on the last podcast, it's going to be what's the monthly payment that they can afford. Yeah. And that's going to drive what the purchase price is going to be, um, not the interest rate. Mm-hmm. I mean, interest rate is going to be what it's, it's going to be, mm-hmm. what it's going to be. Right. So our job that. is to find, you know, what's your sweet spot for purchase price and then, you know, take it back to the realtor and this is what you need to find for them. So then we need that inventory. And I will say Mm -hmm. um, before I let Cliff talk is I have noticed in the last couple of months an increase in listings as well. Normally this is the time of year that people start listing because school's getting out and people are moving and whatnot. And then, you know, with our military here, they're move into other locations because I think April is one of the PCSs and October is the other one. I have noticed an increase. Now they get gone. They still get gone quick, but I have noticed an increase of inventory um, over the past couple of months. So that's a little bit of glimmer of hope too. But Cliff, what do you think as far as... um, you see any light at the end of the tunnel? <clears throat> I definitely see light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> um, kind of touching on one thing that Jeff said, it's, I think, yes, it's going to correct some inventory issues. Um, obviously we all know that there's been inventory issues. Um, you know, one thing to, I guess a glimmer of hope is we will not have a massive uh, housing crash. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've, in 2007, 2008, we had the opposite problem. We had, say, 10 buyers, or excuse me, 10 homes for every one buyer. Mm-hmm. And so the inventory just sat and it sat and it sat and people are moving and then they can't afford two payments and then and everybody was upside down on their house. And and so that's not going to be the case right now. Um, no predatory so, lending. Yeah, yeah. And so a lot of the, you know, with these higher rates, some of the not so serious buyers are going to back out and go, yeah, I'll just stay where I'm at. I'll just wait. Um to me, another huge thing that um, we can all agree that the last two years have just been pure chaos as far as like applications coming in, you the process to getting them through. And so one thing just from a customer service standpoint is the client right now is going to get a much better service, mm-hmm. in my opinion, than they have gotten the good last point. two years. Mm-hmm. Um, a friend of mine in Athens uh, with our company, I was telling him kind of probably about a year into the whole mess. I was like, I don't know about you, man, but I feel like I just suck at my job right now. And he's like, dude, me too. I thought it was just me. And I was like, because it's just, you know, where normally we would provide an update call or an update, whatever. It's just when there was just so much volume rolling through, 
it just, and it wasn't just the loan officer, it was the loan officer and then their assistant and the processor and the underwriter and the closer and the appraiser and the the, the realtor and the home inspector. And so there was everybody from beginning to end was just overwhelmed. Clients say, you know, oh, I want to go look at this house. Don't you have somebody else in your office that can show me? And I'm like, well, first of all, (laughs) I'm not passing you off to another realtor because you're mine and (laughs) and you know that's not how it works but i was like no you're just gonna have to wait but in the last two years you can't wait you've got to be ready Mm -hmm. you got to be sitting on go Mm -hmm. and you know you put in an offer and you've got your pre-approval and you just keep your fingers crossed and hope that they choose yours and you know let it ride but um you're you're exactly right because it's um you know i think all four of us pride ourselves on putting our clients first and making sure that they understand every single step of the process and what's going on and follow up and don't let them fall by the wayside or you know make sure that they're comfortable with everything that's going on and um, dealing with so many clients at one time kind of is hard to do, you know. So then you go into making calls at 8, 9, 10 o'clock if they're up, you know, things like that, getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning to get work done before the phone starts ringing. Yep. Um, That's right. And things like that. But, um, and, you know, so... I think that's a glimmer of hope, too. Not that we haven't provided great service, but it's been strained mm-hmm. to a certain extent. And when those first-time home buyers go to buy their second one, they're like, that's not what we did. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not what we did the first time. Okay, the first time was a different story. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do it a whole different way this time. Um, but anyway, you're right. Um you know, and I think, you know, with us, that's that's the most important thing is our clients, and we want to make them happy, and we want to provide them with the best thing. The other thing I kind of want to touch on, and I want y'all to help me out here, is with the interest rate going up, there are going to be some additional challenges other than making sure you have the winning bid, such as... If you have enough money in savings, um, you can buy down your rate and still have a lower rate than what is currently going. So I'll start with Cliff this time. Are there a few, two or three tips that you could give me with, you know, couples that are, are one person that is buying their first home as far as things that they could start doing that it may take a few months, but they could you know, put things in order to ensure that, um, you know, if their interest rate's higher, they may get a, of course, they're going to get a better rate, um, savings, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could, a couple of tips that you think would be a, some good advice. I think, I mean, two things immediately come to mind. One would be credit. I mean, right now, good credit's way more important than it has been. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had terrible credit, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, you still get a 
3% something rate. <laughs> yeah. um, but right now, those that have lower credit are, are getting hit harder. So definitely work on credit um, just to, to maximize that low rate potential, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the second thing would be having some additional money, not just to put down for down payment, um, but to throw it a couple different things. Like you mentioned, the discount point and buying your rate down, mm-hmm. you know, for a long time now, I've not been a fan of discount points. Normally it's not worth it in my opinion. Every once in a while, you know, I'll run the numbers. I'm like, oh yeah, that's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, but here recently, I mean, I, I just had somebody, they came to me and said they wanted to put, they had all this money they wanted to put towards discount points. And it ended up being about four discount points. It was wow. slightly over. And in my head, I'm going, this is ridiculous. This is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. I'm not going to let this guy waste his money. But then I looked at the numbers and ran the numbers. And as long as he was in that house for 24 months, he made the money back. Mm-hmm. 24 months. 24 months. Wow. And I was I was blown away. And I, like never in a million years did I think spending $10,000 in discount points for someone who, like in his case, was going to be in that house for a long, long, long time. Mm-hmm. That was his plan anyway. Okay, well, now that makes sense. So having some extra money to play with um, – and then there's another trick that I use um, that I'll share with y'all off comes the off the national scale of who <laughs> who could hear the podcast because I can't tell my secrets to everybody. Um, but it's it's a uh, everybody has heard of mortgage insurance mm-hmm. and the devil that it is. And uh, I always tell my first time homebuyers, mortgage insurance is kind of like Satan. Everybody, everybody has to deal with Not them. Nobody like likes it them. Is. Yeah, and uh, and so <laughs> everybody has to deal with mortgage insurance. But there's some tricks to. Um, not necessarily get out of the mortgage insurance, but to get around mm-hmm. the monthly mortgage insurance. Um, so ask your lender those questions as well. Pam, any tricks up your sleeve? Um, I definitely think credit scores is, is first and foremost. I would say reach out to a loan officer of your first time buyer and go ahead and make that relationship now. Now's the time to get prepared. So it may be not today, but let's get a let's get a plan in place. So three months from now, and maybe the interest rates will be down. Credit scores definitely, and they can look at your credit report. I know we've discussed this. They can look at your credit report, and there may be just some minute things that That would make a big difference. If they paid off, it would make a huge difference in raising that score, right? Things on time, yes. Mm -hmm. Making sure they have the trade lines um, on their credit score because you know some people don't want to have credit cards. Well, mm-hmm. credit cards actually help if you take care mm-hmm. of them like you're supposed to. So that's definitely the first thing. And then, you know, we have to look at debt to income. So um, that's not going to make a difference in the in the rate, but it's going to make the difference in whether you qualify for mm-hmm. a house or not um, and what, what payment you can afford. Um, and um, then, you know, saving the money for the down payment because that will make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, higher credit scores and being able to pay more than just the minimum down payment is going to get you a better interest rate, which and is going to pay off in long. I'll interject here and make sure that everybody listening knows you do not have to have 20%. You don't have to down <laughs> Very down true. to buy a house. It's always um, nice. Yeah. It right. is nice to do, but you don't have you to. You don't have to have it. And, you know, it's not a huge hit if they pay the minimum right. um, down payment, but their, their interest rate is going to look better because um, their loan to value would be mm-hmm. in a better position. So, you know, those things um, definitely, definitely to consider. And that's the situation where your payment matters, you know, as right. far as looking at debt to income, that's more important than your interest rate because it doesn't matter what your interest rate is if, you know, as long as you can afford it with your debt to income, then, um, right. Who cares what your interest rate? Home buyers, you know, I might would also say, is there a non-occupant parent that can be on it with you? 
mm. because of that they can be and they're willing to trust you and taking care of it but they can be there just in case sometimes their income can help qualify kind of like a cosigner yeah. type exactly deal. right right hmm. I hadn't thought about that. I shouldn't have shared that with, <laughs> <laughs> with the guys in the room. But, I mean, it's, it's definitely – and the ones that I've done have, have done pretty well because, you know, parents um, – it may not be their credit score that qualifies. Often it's the first-time home mm-hmm. buyer because theirs might be a little lower. You know, that, that's just how it Cause works. Because they have more debt. Yeah. Yeah, but the income of the parent can help them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also – kind of going back to mortgage insurance – it, it, it lowers the risk. Too. So the mortgage insurance a lot it's of times cheaper. is a lot cheaper yeah. if there's, a, say, a cosigner that's well off, yeah. you know, <laughs> high credit with, you know, no debt or that's something right. like that. That could really help. Uh, yeah. No, actually, they pretty much covered it. The one, <laughs> the one thing I'll say is. I'm sorry. No, the one thing I'll say is that 100% every situation is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. So the big thing is, is get with a loan officer. Yes. Loan originator, whoever it is, and understand what your credit score is. What can I do to improve it? Why would that make a difference? What difference would it make? If I do have some assets and I'm a first-time home buyer, maybe taking that some of those assets that I was going to buy right down with and mm-hmm. paying off another debt would make a bigger difference mm-hmm. exactly. in my yeah. monthly outlay. Preach. Everybody's yeah. different. <laughs> yeah. So get with somebody so yeah. you can take a look at it and really understand. And I know all of y'all do this because I've worked with all of y'all, but, you know, it's important to find um, a loan officer to work with that is flexible like that that is not just okay your credit stinks and you don't have any money so (laughs) goodbye walk out the door okay bye yeah (laughs) see you later um whereas my experience with y'all and and others too is you know okay we can't do it this way but let's put our thinking caps on let's see if we can't come up with a different way to do it and then the famous saying i'm not saying um, I'm saying, I'm not saying never. I'm just saying not right now. So, yeah, and that, sometimes. Yeah. yeah, it does. And they, you know, we have to consider that a lot of them haven't ever been taught financial literacy or no. to say much or, everyone has never been taught yeah. about credit or they financial literacy class to throw into high school curriculum. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So I read something the other day, and I could be completely off, but there was something because there is a lot of investors that are inundating our market, and they're buying up those price, 150 to 250 They're buying it up and pushing those first-time homebuyers out because they can pay cash. Mm-hmm. So what I read was there were some new loan products coming out that would put that buyer into a position of being a cash buyer, essentially. Um, so then that wouldn't even be an issue. Did I read that in my sleep, or is that a thing? I'll be honest with you. I've, I've seen it. It's not something that we're currently offering, but mm-hmm. it is out there. Um, I don't know enough to speak on it mm-hmm. with, with much. Yeah, I think all three of us just squirmed in our seats a little. Yeah. Um, what I saw... It wasn't very attractive. It had, I mean, it, it accomplished the goal you're speaking of, but it, it let's just say it has some strings attached. To how it. does it? But I don't understand so, how it works. So, so there's one. I won't say the name, but there's one that locally here in the Augusta area is used often. Um, but it's essentially think of it as if I'm buying a house and you have lots and lots and lots of money, mm-hmm. you're going to lend me your cash, 
but you're going to charge me to use that cash. Mm. And so I might be able to make a cash offer to say Jeff, who's selling the house. So I get my offer through, but then not only do I have to still get a mortgage within a certain length of time, but I also have to pay you back with fees attached, right. um, with money that coming back. Um, and so like loan sharking. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I go that Yeah. Long. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's <laughs> quite that, but, it, and, and I, I think there's probably some situations that it makes sense. Yeah. You know, you talked about people, PCS and military mm -hmm. folks. I mean, the, the military, they have a very small window of time yeah. to accomplish a goal of finding a house right. and moving. And so, you know, somebody in that situation might be a good thing. Um, I actually had a call this morning talking about the, just the uncertainty of that, of these cash programs. When it comes to FHA loans, depending on how long the seller has been in the house that you're buying, it could run into the FHA flipping rule mm -hmm. if title mm -hmm. changes hands too many times. Um, so mm -hmm. it could be that if you're looking at FHA loans and then you start looking at one of those cash offers, That's then it doesn't work at all yeah. because of the FHA flipping rule. And then um, I'm not sure if FHA does it, but I know VA, if you are a veteran too, you could assume their mortgage so you could keep their interest rate. Mm-hmm. Um, which may be lower. So that is something that to me is good. I mean, yeah, yeah. I think uh, assumption, loan assumptions will definitely become popular mm -hmm. in the next couple of years. Just because of the rates have been so low. Yeah. For what it's worth, if the, if the Fed keeps raising rates and they can do something else with their money and make some money, maybe they'll get out of the, <laughs> yeah. line of the real estate. Um, <laughs> True. Hey, disclaimer <laughs> here. I'm not kin to, Chairman Powell, um, <laughs> oh, come on. at all. So, um, as far as regulation, um, I know it's been tighter since 2008, 2009, just because that was, a, I can't say that on my <laughs> whatever, but a beep show. Um, there was no regulation whatsoever. And then I know that they released it, you know, they eased up some. Now, with all of this going on, are they starting to get more strict again as far as who they're willing to lend their money to? You know, as far as the the mortgage, whoever funds all these mortgages and stuff, are they they're being a little bit more stingy with the money? I've seen a little bit, but nothing, nothing like before ground yeah. you know nothing that you really would make a big difference to, mm -hmm. to the average buyer but the big thing is is the investors are just leery because so much has happened so fast mm -hmm. i mean i think that's the biggest thing when you talk about rates is the fact that it's gone up two points since january yeah. that's a lot yeah, that's a yeah and now they're sitting here worrying about you know the fed hikes and how big are they going to be and they're just hedging their bets and that's why the rates have jumped so fast and you can i think i've seen a little bit of that in underwriting but I don't know what you guys have seen, but it hasn't been anything profound. No, I think you're right in underwriting. It's to make sure it's a sellable loan. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. That's what I've seen. Is and are y'all have y'all seen a decrease in mortgage applications since in the past two or three months, or is it about the same? Or I've seen a little bit of a decrease. Yeah, I've well, seen I a slight. Yeah, no, I'll I'll agree with you. I've seen a decrease myself. Um, actually, year over year, net nationally. Uh, mortgage applications are down 41%. Right. Mm. Um, now, I think Augusta, we're fortunate. I think we're a little bit protected from mm. kind of like in the recession and in yeah. the crash in 08. We were a little protected from that just because of Fort Gordon and Plant Vogel mm -hmm. and SRS. Um, so I think 
we in in this area will be a little fortunate, but overall applications are down. And if if a loan officer is telling you that he's not seen a decrease, I would say that he's probably just, not. I don't, think it's all, I don't think it's all right, though. I think a lot yeah. of it's inventory. Yeah, too. yeah. I mean, if you could yeah. just, like we say, yeah. plop a hundred, you know, hundred, hundred and fifty thousand dollars houses in Augusta, I think we'd get a lot of applications. Mm-hmm. And, and something I've noticed too is um, with the investors again, and just people buying a house. Pe- a lot of people are relocating to this area from places north and out west where cost of living is much higher and they have a whole lot more money than we do and so (laughs) then (laughs) they have the money to pay cash and so i would say probably 65 percent of my deals are all cash (laughs) no no financing whatsoever and i'm thinking okay you have five hundred thousand dollars okay you know yeah, I'm used to doing that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> well, you don't normally spend $500,000 in cash on things? No. I oh, don't. wow. But, I d- you know, that's something else that worries me, too, with the regular people like us is these people, you know, I'm I'm excited that they're coming here, and I'm excited that they're relocating here because then I get to brag about how great it is to live here. and um, But at the same time, it's kind of kicking out those, you know, of course a seller is going to want cash over something that they could be great, you know, as far as a borrower. They could be great, but cash is still king. And so a seller is going to jump on that and take that over, even if it's just a conventional loan with you know, they're paying half down and all that. They still don't care. They want the cash. So I think that's probably um, some of the issues, too, maybe with the the lack of applications, too. Um, well, I appreciate y'all being here. I have I've learned some things, too, so <laughs> that's exciting. Um, I, I spend my whole life learning, and I love to learn. And I want to tell you all that I appreciate the hard work that you do because I know that it is a lot of times a thankless job. And you get berated, you get, you know, blamed for things that you didn't do and, you know, things that are out of your control. But it's money and that's an emotional thing for people. And um, so I appreciate y'all having the patience and wherewithal to to um, handle all that because it is a, you know, I see it from my industry too. People just, you know, it's the lack of education and that's why I wanted to do this is because, you know, any kind of education I can provide to the public so that they know a little bit more than, you know, than what the news is putting out there and doing fear-mongering and, you know, I have 15 articles a day. Is the bubble going to burst? You know, (laughs) no, it's not. It is a solid bubble. Yeah. So anyway, I appreciate what y'all do. Thank you so much for coming on. And um, if I was you and I was buying a house and needed to get a loan, I would contact the three, one of the three of these because they are the best in the area. Um. And I enjoy working with them, and 
So, you know, if I enjoy working with them, then you need to work with them too. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, they make li- my life easy. So, that's nice to have, um, especially in this market. But thank y'all so much. Do y'all have any final thoughts y'all want to? You want to plug your. Oh, look at my, my notes. I'll look at his oh, notes. wait. That was only four notes. No, I just, <laughs> appreciate you having me on. Yeah. I always, always enjoy it. Jeff Consett with Colony Bank. That would be me. I appreciate um, it, too. Pam Bean with Frontline Capital Mortgage and Cliff Jennings with Movement Mortgage. And I am Nancy Powell. Um, with, I'm not with a mortgage company. I'm with Powell and Assessment. <laughs> <laughs> you said that like it was a bad thing. I don't like math. Just, you know, the closing table. Um and getting, you know, paid for my efforts. But, um, of course, I'm Nancy Powell, and I am the um, broker and CEO of Powell & Associates and your host for Broker Bites. So, until next month, um, have a great rest of the month, and I look forward to seeing you all in June. Um and bring in to you another great topic. And I would I encourage you to have a a safe and happy Memorial Day because that comes at the end um, of the month. So um, with that said, uh, over and out.